It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, May 26th, and we are doing a live show here on Memorial Day weekend. So happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody out there. I hope you're staying safe. Um, whatever you're doing, and uh, we are back live from beautiful Austin, Texas, for another great program. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, it producer of this show, is here as usual to make the show run, and we have a great show in store for you. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined by speaker, counselor, suicide prevention specialist, and author of Make It to Midnight, Learning to Live When You Want to Die, Jim Denning. And he'll be here to discuss his book and the prevention of suicide. Very, very important topic. Um, Also, later in the program, a regular on this show, the great jazz saxophone player Paula Atherton will be back to join us from New York City. And she'll let us know about her upcoming shows and what she's been working on lately. And we'll play some of her beautiful original music. And along the way, I'll give another sneak peek into my book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, with a discussion this evening about self-care, taking care of ourselves, in order to better live a passionate life and to help create a better world. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me and I will, re- I will read them on the air to my guests. And my email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And if you do have questions, be sure to call or email while my guests are still on the line so that they can answer your questions for you. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted along with all of the um, contact information, website links, and things of that sort later this evening. Everything important that my guests tell us on the program will be posted there later tonight. So if you miss it, you can catch it on my website later tonight. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blogtalkradio.com, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash your golden years. And for information about previous programs, to listen to previous programs, um, listen to 
um, watch videos of the um, interviews that we have done live in the studio with some of the guests that are here in Austin, to watch some of my Facebook live videos that are now on YouTube, read my blog, find out about my book, um, all of that and more and, and more. Um, you can go to the one-stop shop, drmaricorpel.com. And you can also hear all of the previous programs that we have done here on Blog Talk Radio in the past five-plus years by going to blogtalkradio.com slash yourgoldenyears. All of the shows that we have done in the over five years that we have been here on Blog Talk Radio are still there, and they will be there forever so you can always go back and listen to any of the prior shows and if you want to find out about what's coming up in the future um, what's coming up on shows next week um, read my blogs as soon as they post find out about any events that are going on related to my book etc follow me on Facebook and the best place to do that is um, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years on Facebook. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas and the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have had a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers for most of my career. And for the past few years, I've been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And um, for several of those years, um, I had an office in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas. And for information about this great resource for veterans and for veterans' families, you can check out their website at heroesnightout.org. Do you want to contact me? Do you have some information that you think that I should know about or a question that you want to ask me? Feel free to give me a call. My phone number is 512-626-6973, or you can send me an email to Dr. Mara at drmaracarpel.com, or you could go through my website and just click on the contact link. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909, or you can send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call... 
Okay, we're going to take a brief break. Um, Don't go anywhere because when we come back from running a few of our sponsors' commercials, we'll be joined right here um, by Jim Denning, suicide prevention specialist, speaker, counselor, and author of the book, Make It to Midnight, Learning to Live When You Want to Die. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpell.com. And now joining me on the phone, we have suicide prevention specialist, speaker, counselor, and author of Make It to Midnight, Learning to Live When You Want to Die, Jim Denning. Welcome, Jim. Thank you very much. Um, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. So it's just, I don't know, it's a beautiful day down in San Antonio, so it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful here too. A little hot, but, you know, it's the start of summer. <laughs> I'm sure it's just as hot over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, Jim, I have really been enjoying your book. And, um, I, you know, you have quite a story, and so maybe before we start talking about the book, you can um, talk a little bit about your background and what led you to write the book. Sure. Um, so for 20 years, I was a IT consultant uh, working for large companies, uh, you know, doing consulting work, doing uh, cybersecurity work. It was a very stressful job. Um, I'd always dealt with anxiety and depression to some degree, but it escalated as I got older. Um, and then finally, one day I snapped. It was uh, December 4th, 2009, about 2 p.m. Uh, my brain just said it was done. Uh, I was taking on too much, doing too much. Um, a couple of years earlier, uh, I had been working as a prison minister or volunteering as a prison minister, and I met a guy named Mike, and uh, Mike was a meth addict. 
And I was talking to him. I said, what are you going to do when you get out of here? And he said that one day was as big a bite of life as he could take, and he was just going to make it to midnight. And that kind of resonated with me. I didn't need it at the time, but when I needed it, um, it was there. For four years, uh, I struggled really hard uh, just making it through the day. Finally, in 2014, I was sitting on my bed um, with a 357 in my hand and was going to end it. And um, my dog was next to me. And he's honestly the only reason I didn't. And uh, wow. so I was in a place. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, I had been on all kinds of medications at this point, all kinds of uh, supplements and everything. I Because I couldn't figure out why somebody who had a great job, great career in perfect health was suicidal. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, so finally I got to the point as well, okay, well, I, you know, I can't, my dog's name is Tahoe and it's like, I can't do that to Tahoe, so I've got to figure this out. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny, your chapter 19 in your book illustrates it perfectly. It was, I think mine was primarily my diet. It was primarily chronic inflammation. They're finding more about chronic inflammation. Um, when I switched my diet, but also really, I had to understand how the brain worked. And I was a computer guy. I'd been a computer scientist for 20 years. I just started attacking the brain the same way. And what I realized was our limbic system brain, our, our brain is composed of two primary parts, the limbic system and the neocortex. The neocortex is the adult brain, the should brain. The limbic system is the emotional brain, and they are two completely separate entities. And I had to acknowledge that other part of me, all of the neurotransmitters, all of the emotions. I was intellectually able to do my job, but I was not emotionally able to handle the stress anymore. I had pushed too hard for too long. And um, so once I started, I may sound schizophrenic, I developed a relationship between the two parts of my brain. Um, I know in your book you referenced it with uh, Beverly uh, Flaxington. She's right what she talks about is self-talk yep. is everything. And so I, uh, I started reading some work by Ethan Cross who – talking to yourself in the third person, not the first person. So instead of saying, I'm an idiot, I was like, well, Jim, that wasn't the smartest thing you could have done. Completely changed everything. And um, I gave my neocortex a different name, and he and I have conversations now. And now, you know, so when the, the incident with the gun was February 3rd, 2014, since then, medication-free, diagnosis-free, annoyingly happy, and it really boils down to genuinely living today. I live by two very simple rules. If it doesn't have a heartbeat, I can get another one. I can get another job. I can get another car. I can get another house. I can get another whatever. If it does not have a heartbeat, I don't worry a whole lot about it. And then the second one is if it's not happening today, I don't worry about that either. And so mm-hmm. that really completely changed because our limbic system has no concept of time. It has no concept of past and future other than PTSD and things like that, but as far as cognitively. So the more we worry about things in the past and the future, the more miserable we are. And uh, Lao Tzu said it. He said, anxiety is pain from the future and depression is pain from the past. If you want to be at peace, live in the present. So I left my career as an IT engineer and became a full-time counselor. And I had no intention of writing the book, but my wife was like, you really need to write this because – a lot of people need it, and 
so far a lot of people mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. I like that. I really love that because um, we don't have problems in the present. They're all in the past and the future. <laughs> well, we were built, you know, we were built 50, 100,000 years ago, and all of our problems were, did I eat today? Did I get eaten today? That was it. That was how I redefined a successful day as, did I eat today? Well, yes, I did. You know, then I'm good. And um, But what is, you know, is it's really when we're as counselors, we see people in crisis. But the best thing we can do is to practice the anxiety techniques when we don't have the anxiety. So we bring our ambient levels down. So if I'm not worrying about future stuff, my ambient resting level of anxiety is considerably lower. And then when something happens, I'm prepared for it. But day to day, you know, you talk about your book as the, you know, the zone of genius, you know, and it was, um, it was exactly right. I had fallen into that. Red, this is the only thing I know how to do. This is all I can do. I'm going to spend the next 40 years being miserable. Why should I continue that? And made no sense to me. And so finally, it was like, I was like, oh, I need to change. And it was scary. It was incredibly scary because. I was very comfortable financially, but I was incredibly uncomfortable emotionally. And now I make far less money and I'm far happier than I ever have been. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. But, you know, money isn't everything. It's it's about about your happiness, right? Money doesn't buy happiness. Right. How you're like the picture of money doesn't buy happiness. No, it, money buys you food. So as long as I can go to the grocery store and pay for the food and the gas to get to and from, that is my baseline and that is my expectation for myself. And so before it was, what car did I have? What house did I have? What you know, did I have neat new stuff? What did other people think about me? And that has completely fallen off the radar. And so life is just a whole lot easier that way. But again, I had to acknowledge. The hardest part for me was acknowledging the limitations of my emotional side. Um, you know, you're a psychologist, so you know the, the limbic system grows essentially from age zero to 13. That's what's in charge. That's your emotions. That's your decision-making. And your decision-making is emotionally based. But unlike our, the rest of our body, we don't start out with a small, fully formed brain that becomes a big, fully formed brain. We have a small brain that develops over time. So our perceptions of things develop differently. And unfortunately, you know, a large part of my practice is teenagers uh, dealing with suicidal thoughts because they don't see time the same way we do. So if something bad happens, they can't see a future. And if they can't see a future, they don't see a reason to continue. And that's really where I do a lot of my work is kind of not logically expressing anything, just validating, empathizing, getting them to understand their value. If that makes any sense at all. Mhm. Mhm. So, so you have a practice now where you help people who are dealing with the similar issues that you are dealing with. Correct? Yeah, that's right. So, unfortunately, and you know, if I hop too high on my soapbox, let me know. Um there is a paradigm in the mental health industry where it is either as soon as you say the S word, the counselor wants you out of their office and into a hospital. Um, and right. that unfortunately 
for a lot of people deters them from saying the S word. When I was dealing with it, I went to several counselors and psychiatrists, psychologists, neurologists, endocrinologists, nurse practitioners, and I would say, I am suicidal. I don't want to feel this way. This is a symptom. This is not an option for me. Um, but they would still like, no, what, we, we can't talk to you. Um, they can talk to me. You know, I've had to talk many mental health professionals when I was going through it. I had to talk them down. You know, like, no, I'm not going to do it. I just have this as a symptom. And there are a lot of people out there. So in uh, 2015 is the last numbers that I have. But, you know, it was – I believe it was uh, 450,000 people – actually, well, in the United States, it was somewhere around 450,000 uh, attempted, thought about, uh, seriously considered, and attempted suicide. So 1.5 million attempted um, and ended up in the emergency room. Okay. Wow. 9.8 million thought about it, which means there's – what is that? About 8 million people who thought about it but didn't attempt it but lived in that place for a year. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there are a lot of people and a lot of people that come into my office that are like, I don't want to go to the hospital. I just want to understand what's going on. And that's what I do. And that's, I teach classes. I teach mental health professionals, nursing professionals. The last talk I did was at a hospital. Two uh, dental hygienists came up afterwards and thanked me because they have people, I guess people bear their souls in the dental chair, which uh, yeah. I didn't think about. I can see that. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, and there's That's a, a hair uh, for anybody. Too. Who, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Um, <laughs> Columbia University, if if anybody wants to Google it, Columbia University has something called the Lighthouse Project, and their Lighthouse Project is a simple layperson screener. Six questions. The first question is very simple. Have you ever wished you could go to bed and not wake up? If they answer no, mm. you're done talking. And if they say yes, you go to question two, which is a little more – well, tell me more about that. But it's very conversational. Um, so many people are afraid to mention suicide because, oh, if I say it, they'll think about it. So trust me on this. People who are suicidal do not need help thinking about it. They need help not thinking about it. And right. this is – yeah, the screener is just a very conversational – You know, parents can – when you're driving in the car, uh, a lot of hospitals uh, – I know that a Presbyterian in Dallas is doing this. When you get your blood pressure done, they pull out the screener. You're getting your blood pressure and just ask like everybody's just like taking your temperature. Um, but mm-hmm. they have caught a ton of people caught in, in a good way. Um, they have identified a ton of people who weren't going to talk to somebody. They were just going to power through it. And my entire goal with this is for me to stand up and say, yeah, I dealt with this. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing. I found a way out. It was you – know, <laughs> I was kind of laughing because I was reading the chapter – again, your chapter 19 where you get the argument with – or not the uh, doctor who said it was irresponsible for you to tell people to eat a plant-based diet. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't direct people what to eat. I tell them what worked for me. I do direct them it's probably best to shop the perimeter of the grocery store and not the aisles with the processed stuff. But uh-huh. everybody finds their own way. I'm just trying to create an environment in a world where people are okay to say, hey, I'm struggling. Just, you know, what I tell people is like, you know, if I have a person with asthma and they have an asthma attack, I don't look at them and go, really? There is nothing but air in this room. Why are you having a problem? <laughs> they will not hesitate to look at a depressed person and say, why are you depressed? You have everything going for you. If mm-hmm. they're both chronic inflammation or if they're both neurological or biological, 
what's the difference? Mm-hmm. And so it's really just standing up and saying, yeah, this is a thing. This is a thing like any other thing, and we got to deal with it. But I right. think for most people who deal with suicide, it's they can't or won't tell anybody because they have been so invalidated for so long. All of my clients that come right. in, it's all about invalidation. You know, these mm-hmm. girls will come in and say, I'm dealing with this thing, and their parents are like, suck it up. We dealt with it when we were a kid. And it's like, no, just say, I'm so sorry that's happening. It doesn't matter what it is. Just, I am mm-hmm. so sorry that's going on. What can I do for you? Right. Anyway, sorry, right. I'm like, uh, rambling there. You, you brought up a good point because, uh, you know, I see veterans. I do evaluations, and, you know, part of the evaluation is I, that I ask them if they have thoughts about, killing themselves um you know and and one thing that i that i also tell people is don't be afraid to ask that question because you're not going to make somebody suddenly think about killing themselves if they weren't before um but several have said i don't want to answer that question because i'm and i have to reassure them that telling me that they've had thoughts about it is not going to cause me to have them locked up um exactly you know if if i had concerns that they might act on it that this this, they were in imminent danger then i would do what 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 we need to do we would work together to make sure that they're safe but yeah and that screener that that uh that Colonia House screener everybody can do that and it just directs you it's like if they get to number four five or six and start saying yes make a phone call and it's uh, right. it's just a hand holding walking way through. But yeah, you know, with with veterans, you know, I I I refer them mostly because I don't work primarily with veterans. But with the ones I do, I go through the limbic system. You know, the thalamus, hypothalamus, hippocampus, and amygdala. And I explain to them that PTSD is their brain protecting itself from future injury. And once I tell them, it's like it's supposed to do that. The problem is the environment changed, but your brain is supposed to protect you from future injury. And then I explain how the whole system works. They're like, oh, well, that makes sense. And then we start moving through the process of them recovering from it. Because, honestly, it's not a disorder. If you're in a war zone for a year and you come back to Texas and get off the airplane and you're still stressed and you hear loud noises and things and they freak you out, that's what's supposed to happen. It's just we need to help people adapt to it. And uh, I've got – you know, great partners on that. But I get a lot of, you know, most of the, I've got a Facebook page, Facebook group, and then the website is uh, makeittomidnight.org. Um, there's a ton of ladies, mm-hmm. that, ladies in your demographic that have sent me um, letters explaining this stuff, and they, they go on the group, and they will, they support each other. It's kind of become self-sustaining, and it's really neat. Um, uh-huh. I've recommended your book That's to all great. of them, because your book <laughs> it's, hits a lot of the chords. Uh, Oh, I'm glad. But yeah, to these hear ladies that. are well. You know, there was ladies in their fifties and sixties, and they ask some really hard questions that I can't answer, but they can answer mm-hmm. for each other. And that's because uh, yeah. they're not all strong at the same time, and they're not all you know struggling at the same time. And it's like a self-supporting system. It's really neat. It's really become yeah. kind of fascinating to watch. But yeah, that's great. I if, you know. It's funny. I thought about job interviews at IT companies. Like, where do you see yourself in five years? This was never in the plan. <laughs> the plan right. You know, counseling and suicide. I was like, no, I didn't. Pl- I planned to be the CIO of something. So life took a huge detour on me. 
So I like to talk about your book for a little bit because I think oh, you sure, have sorry. a really I, great I book, and I. I'm so glad to hear that. I appreciate it. And I'm yeah. enjoying yours. And, and it's a book that I've been recommending to some of the vets who've come in um, saying that they have thoughts about suicide um, or have had it in the past, you mm-hmm. know, and they, so um, one of the things that I really like about the book is that, you know, in addition to talking about your story and how and how you were able to to deal with this and 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 now be a happy person you the whole second half or second third I mean last third of the book really is the toolkit and what tools people can use when they're feeling suicidal um to help them to keep on going. So, right. can, so can you talk a little bit about some of those tools? No, absolutely. Um, the first and most important thing to realize is that suicidal thoughts. So, the best analogy I can have is if um, you know if you get really bad news from somebody, or if somebody says something insulting to you, and you are super angry, and you want to go, you know, text them or email them, and everybody knows you wait an hour. You wait an hour for those emotions to calm down before you reply. Suicide is the same thing. The most successful way to prevent suicide is to get somebody through that 15 or 30 minutes. Um, Simple Mm. things like over in Europe, they don't sell Tylenol in a bottle. They sell it in the package where you have to pop each one out. The time it takes to pop those Tylenol out of the package reduce suicide by 44%. So all wow. designed, yeah, it's, it's insane. It's just, if you can get somebody, again, for me, I was sitting on my bed 1035 at night ready to do it. By the time I got back at 11 from walking Tahoe, I was good. And so all of the tools are designed to get people over that hump. Just that like, um, you know, one of my favorite ones is compliment people. It's super simple. Um, if, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I will compliment five people on something. You cannot say nice things to another human being and be depressed at the same moment. It, hmm. That's interesting. And, it just, it, and, the, and the energy that, and it, you know, when it, when it happened to me, I stumbled on it by accident. It was in Colorado. Um, I walked out of my hotel room, and uh, I wasn't paying attention, and I almost stepped in front of a bus. It went right in front of me at like, you know, 30 miles an hour. And I was like, oh, I almost got to get out. I mean, it was all, I was upset I missed it. I go into a Starbucks. There's a lady. She was dressed really nicely. And I just, before I thought about it, I was like, wow, that's a really nice outfit. And she's like, oh, well, thank you so much. That absolutely made my day. And I uh-huh. felt better. And it was like, oh. And so I just, this is what the toolkit is, is the little things over those years that I just found that helped me get over the hump. The other one that's super important, and this is really hard for a lot of people, uh, is a section called people calories. There are people in our lives who take all of our people calories. If you see Mm -hmm. a phone call from somebody and you have to get emotionally prepared to hit answer, that may be somebody that you put some distance between yourself and them. You know, um, an important one for me was having an escape plan. I had a plan that if I – ever touched a gun again in that way, I was going to call a good friend of mine, take my dog to her house, get on a plane and go to Thailand. That was the plan. 
And what hmm. it did was it allowed me an alternative. Because what is suicide? It is you have a bunch of things going on in your life and you want them to stop. You have right. too much stress, too much drama. Too, okay, well, an alternative way to do that is to disappear for a little while. I figured, you know, my friends will be mad, but they'll get over it. You know, because mm-hmm. the hardest part, suicide, when the survivors, if you read the studies, um, survivors of suicide have a very, very hard time, the people who are left behind. Um, oh, yes. The hardest thing In is fact, because the complexity. Oh, go ahead. Yep. Well, I was going to say, the, um, um, yeah. the children of people who commit suicide have a high rate of suicide themselves. Suicide, cancer, back problems, breathing problems, cirrhosis of the liver, mm-hmm. alcohol problems. And the reason is because the person who ends their life by suicide is the victim and the perpetrator. And so right. I've got and so you're you're angry at the person, but you're sad at the same time. And so people mm-hmm. will that conflict um, that, you know, we call, you know, ego dystonia or egotism, you know, the, the, the conflict between those two things causes such a problem that it tears the body apart. The body can't deal with that prolonged type of stress. Right. Right. Yeah. And, then, and you know, you know I, and if you look at famous actors, right, who have, mm-hmm. um, who have had suicide in their families, if you go through their generations, you'll see that it's gone from generation to generation, like Hemingway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, but our brains are, if you think about it, our brains are the common, so, you know, when we're born, we're the DNA of our mom and dad. But, well, for to that example, I have a, a client who, um, the daughter's, 15, 16, and uh, severely depressed and anxious. Well, the mother found out right after she got pregnant that her husband had gotten another woman pregnant. So the entire pregnancy, Mm. the mother was incredibly stressed. Nine months Mm. later, that's the environment the daughter was gestated in. So she has anxiety issues. But there's no cognitive behavioral therapy. There's nothing that happened in this girl's life to her that caused the anxiety. Right. It was her mother was extremely anxious, so the cortisol levels were extremely high during the pregnancy. That's the environment she grew up in or was you know, mm-hmm. created in. Right. Um, so, yeah, right. And, you know, and that's really what I just, the environmental factors, the factors that we have nothing to do with. The only thing that's different is we can't see the mental illness. And mental illness is really your limbic system and your neocortex are out of sync. I want to be mm-hmm. happy, but I can't, you know? <laughs> and so once right. you understand the limbic system, and I, when I do my talks, I go through it in great detail. Um, and yeah, and you, did, and you did in your book as well. So, you know, I, I think. I try to do in the book, it's, yeah, I try to do the science side of it as much as I can because it's, I want to get on a mountaintop and scream it because I found a cure. Right. Now, maybe. <laughs> It may just be Jim Denning's cure, but you know what? There's several hundred people on the Facebook page that have found it's their cure too, and everybody's moving forward. Everybody's mm-hmm. progress is better. And when they have rough days, it's a place where people can say, I'm having a rough day, and you'll have 50 people jump in. What do you need? What can we do? That's, and, um, that is awesome. 
That is awesome. And so, so it's yeah, the stigma so I, has to be pushed back that way. So yeah, if it's, people it's are really, listening and if people are listening and they want to get on your Facebook page and be part of that group, if they feel like it would be helpful for them, how can they do that? Yeah, just go to um, makeittomidnight.org. There's a pop-up that's got the Facebook page and the Facebook group. Just click on it. Uh, the group is the group is a private group, so you click, I would like to join this group. Um, and it's private, so we can talk about stuff. So we can talk about whatever we want, and it's just in that group. Um, the page mm-hmm. itself, you know, the comments are normal, but the group is, um, I think it's 114 people in it now, but it's just a really, and people post different stuff. They post motivational stuff every day. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a place where it's okay to say, I'm having a rough day through no fault of my own. Um, right. And so, but what I'm, what I'm finding out from the book, especially the book has value. The book is good, but the book, the biggest value people are getting from the book is that it's not just them. You know, mm-hmm. um, most mm-hmm. of the teenagers that I deal with that are dealing with suicidal thoughts are dealing with it because across social media, they think they're the only one that's not in a relationship, doesn't have wonderful parents, doesn't have all the great things. And they all right. have problems, but nobody posts them on social media. So they don't think anybody else has a problem. And they're like, well, I don't have any hope now, so why continue this thing? Mm-hmm. And um, that's where, you know, you cannot, you can't contradict that logic. All I can do is validate and just tell them how sorry I am that they're living in a world that's like that. And then Mm -hmm. once they feel, once they feel felt, people who are suicidal need to feel felt. They need to feel, because they're so invalidated so often. It's so often like, oh, come on, get over it. You know, I call it toxic positivity. Never quit. Always Uh think happy thoughts. You know, it's like, no. It's not. (laughs) <laughs> and it's okay to have bad days. That's the entire point it's of the book. O- it, is, it is okay have to a bad have day. bad days. Mm-hmm. Two or three. Write them off. Okay. You know, so right. May 26th wasn't awesome. Guess what? You get another shot tomorrow. And that's exactly. really what got me through was when I thought about living the rest of my life that way, it was insurmountable. I couldn't do it. But when I thought, hey, you know what? I got, what is it? 20, 25 to 6. So yeah, I've got six hours and 25 minutes. I can do that. And mm-hmm. it worked mm-hmm. and it works really well. So, so if people are interested in getting counseling from you or as mm-hmm. you mentioned, um, joining your, your Facebook group, finding out more about what you're doing and how they can get help or their loved ones can get help. What's the best sure. way to do that? Yeah, the, the, the web page itself, just make it to midnight.org. Um, all mm-hmm. my contact, there's a counseling tab. Um, my email's down there. My phone number's down there. Um, okay. So, and then if you, if you go to Facebook, uh, the Facebook page is just facebook.com, make it to midnight book. Um, mm-hmm. There's a band that had taken make it to midnight, so I had to tag the book on the end of it. So, yeah, make it to midnight book. Um, the book's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I think Walmart has it. Well, Walmart, they're all online. Um, so, but okay. it's on there. Okay. Yeah, reach out. Um, you know, I answer everybody I can because this is just, you know, I just want to replicate myself. I want a whole bunch of people to have a someday, well, wow, depression, that really sucked. I didn't like that at all. I don't want to do that again. But they're happy and they're good. And they're just, because mm-hmm. I think I spent That's so many good- years there now that, my normal is so much happier than 
everybody else is normal because I know what the other side feels like. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really, really important and it's great what you're doing and, uh, and the book is great. And so keep doing it. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a really important thing. Um, I don't think I have a choice at this point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going uh, to um, post the link to your website on my website post about this, um, about this show. So later tonight, okay. people can take a look at my website, and they'll find the post, and they'll have the website link, and and as you said, all of your other contact information is right there. So um, that's Absolutely. probably the most important link. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Great. So thank you so much, Jim, for for being on the program and talking about this. And you know, let's stay in touch. I'd love to have you come back at a future date. Um, you know, I think, you know, you're doing, uh, it's a big battle to deal with the um, statistics, or, you know, how many people are it actually is, take well, their life and, you know, we need to do something about it. It has gone up. Um, it is the number one killer of teen girls on the planet. Um, mm-hmm. It has gone up exponentially since the year 2000 when the internet came around. Um, and so, but teen girls are... This is, I mean, several a week I get on the Facebook feed, just friends of friends. And it's just, it, it being a teen girl is hard in this world. It's hard. Um, it's hard. And, um, yeah, and so, yeah, uh, that's really where my heart's at right now. It's like just these girls, yeah. are, even if, even just living that way, just living mm-hmm. in that environment. Is, and I just want to change the environment. That's all I want. And so, uh, yeah. Anyway, but, uh so I'm so glad that they have come a place on and let me that talk. they can go. Yes. Yeah. And I've got a ton <laughs> of resources down here I can point them to. So, um, yeah, I've partnered with a ton of different places just for different specialties. So, yeah, reach out, um, send me an email, or join the Facebook page and um, keep this thing rolling. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and um, enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend. I will. Absolutely. Thank you very much for letting me All right. Okay. You have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a brief break. Um, We have more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on Blog Talk Radio and on drmaricarpel.com. All right, so... Um, I want to give you a little bit of news before I go on to talk about self-care, and then we're going to have the wonderful jazz sax 
saxophone player Paula Atherton joining us. Um, so this Wednesday, this is the first piece of news, this Wednesday I am going to be interviewed on another radio show, and, and that's also here on Blog Talk Radio. It's called uh, Life Transformation Radio, and the host is Sean Douglas. Um, I don't have the link for that yet, but I will have a link um, in time for you to listen if you want to listen live. And that's on Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Central Time and 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and then that link will also go to a podcast. So if you're not available or, you know, you don't want to listen live, you can listen anytime after on podcasts. And I will be posting that on my website page and on my Facebook page. So I think it's going to be an in-depth interview. Um, So um, I think that'll be a lot of fun. So you can listen to that Wednesday or any time after. And I will have another interview on another radio show, Texas Authors Radio, on July 11th. So stay tuned for the information about how you can hear that. And, of course, the link to that will also be posted on my Facebook page and my website page. Um, I have a blog coming out this week, so stay tuned for that. You can find that also on Facebook and my website. And that will be in thriveglobal.com, Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global. And I haven't done a Facebook Live video in a few weeks. We, you know, there are a lot of things have come up in the past few weeks. And um, so I, I haven't had a chance to do that. If you've been looking for them, you haven't missed them. <laughs> I haven't done them. But I am going to be doing another one this week. It won't be on Thursday, though. So. I'll just post it on Facebook when when it's going to be. And um, if you miss it, it will live on Facebook. And I also post a link to it on my website. So you can just keep your eye on that. And I will announce it next week as well on the program. And I think that's it for the news. So I want to talk about self-care. And, you know, last week I talked about getting on track, getting back on track to live your passion. And this is really part of that. I think um, one of the things that tends to cause us to lose our focus um, is that we kind of run out of steam. We run out of fuel. If we're not taking care of ourselves, then it's hard for us to keep going. So, you know, as I've mentioned here and I've, as I've written about in my book, um, following my passion, doing the things that I love to do and that I feel called to do, like this radio show and writing and doing my work as a psychologist, has been my North Star through some of the darkest times in my life. And um, I think it, it sort of pulls us even when, we're not feeling well, or when we don't have a lot of energy, um, it gives us the energy and it energizes us and it gives us the desire to, to do things to take care of ourselves. 
However, if we don't do those things to take care of ourselves, even with that pull and that passion, um, we, you know, energizing us, we will eventually run out of fuel. It's like trying to drive your car on fumes. Eventually, it's going to run out. So um, when we don't take care of ourselves, we start to question our own passion, our own passionate desires, because the chemical um, effects of not eating the right food, of not exercising and doing all the things that are important to keep us healthy, um, start to affect the way that we think in, in a negative way. And just and this really um, fits with what Jim was talking about in, in terms of, you know, what he discovered in terms of feeling depressed and having suicidal thoughts, that it has to do very often with the chemical um, balance in our brain. And our food and our mood are very much interlinked. And I've spoken about this quite a bit. And really, um, I think that, uh, let me let me just say that I think this is really critical. I've talked about it in terms of the bricks and the foundation of following our passion, that we cannot follow our passion in a sustainable way if we are not taking care of those bricks. If if we don't have a foundation, things will crumble. Everything will fall apart. We'll start feeling depressed. We'll start questioning our own desire to to follow our calling will we won't have the energy to do it so we need to take care of ourselves we need to take care of ourselves if we're caregivers this is really critical if we are caring for someone or several other people we cannot do that if we aren't taking care of ourselves first you know there's the old piece of advice that, you know, caregivers may have heard um, many, many times from people who speak about caring for caregivers. And that is, you know, when you get on the airplane and they, and they tell you that if you lose pressure, cabin pressure, the oxygen mask will drop from the ceiling and to please put yours on first before helping the person next to you. Um, if we run out of oxygen, we can't help the person next to us. So it's very important for us to take care of ourselves. If we're caregivers, if we're following our passion, if we are trying to help other people in the world, if we're trying to improve the world, we have to take care of ourselves. And as I said, sometimes the energy of it, the enthusiasm keeps us going even if we haven't refueled, but eventually that will, that, those fumes of fuel will run out and we won't be able, we will just stop. We'll come to a complete halt. And so I discovered that for myself, that, you know, I talked about it. Last week, I've written about it that sometimes I have had to pick myself up after getting knocked down, getting knocked off my path, and had to look at how to restart 
how to get myself back into creativity and writing and feeling that passion again. And I talked about the meditation challenge that I've been doing where I challenge myself. I haven't been 100%, but I've been sticking to it most days to at least meditate for nine minutes a day. And and I usually do more than that. Um, Going back to the basics of really taking care of ourselves. And so I talked about it in terms of the the, the mind and taking care of our own emotional well-being. So meditating, finding time to get out in nature or just to clear our mind and relax, um, as well as letting go of the things in our lives that no longer serve us. Um, if we're doing too much, um, figuring out if there's anything that we can let go of so that we can actually have time to do the things that we really want to do, that maybe there are things that we're doing out of obligation or habit that at one time they, they did serve us and other people and now they really don't, or we're doing it because other people expect us to do it. And it really isn't something that is that beneficial um, in our lives. So, and I've spoken about that, and I wrote about that. But I, I'm now going to talk about the other part of that, and that is taking care of our body. It's it's critical. And and if you go, if you have my book, um, it's the last two sections of the book, section four and section five. So it's pretty. It's a it's a really important part of living a passionate life. Out of five sections of the book. Two of them are about taking care of your body. So, um, so that's pretty significant. And um, another two about are about taking care of our mind. And one section is about, about you know, um, giving ourselves permission to follow our dreams and coming up with, um, and and finding. Well, what our dreams are. So that's like a really important part to, to dream, but it it's obviously only one piece of the entire puzzle. Um, so living a passionate life is a really holistic um, endeavor. You can't do it if you're only taking care of one piece. And as I said, in a five-section book, it's only one section is about um, what is your passion and, and why you need to do it. The rest of it is about taking care of your mind and taking care of your body because it's all related. We, we can't separate that. And, and so I found that I was sort of running out of steam and I was taking care of the other parts. I was looking at things that I could let go of and I was um, – Meditating, as I said, but I still felt like I didn't have the energy. Um, and I started going back to the basics, looking at my own book and and my the own the advice that I'm giving to other people and how I can, you know, take some of my own advice. And so I really stepped it up with changing my diet. It's, um, I think I've always 
talked about eating a healthy diet, and I've really endeavored to do that, but I discovered that it wasn't all that balanced recently. I had gotten too caught up in being busy. You know, um, these days, busy is the new black, (laughs) right? Every year we hear about, like, brown is the new black, and then the show orange is the new black, and busy is the new black. It's the cool thing to say that we're busy all the time. But when we get so busy that we forget to take care of ourselves, it's a problem. And I was getting so busy that I really, you know, I was eating a healthy dinner, but I wasn't getting enough protein um, for breakfast and lunch. So I was really feeling lethargic during the day. So it's really important to start looking at what you're eating. And I give a lot of tips about that in my book. I'm not a dietitian. I don't tell you what you should eat, but I tell you the re- I, I tell you the research about what has been found to be helpful. So adding more plants to your diet, fruits and vegetables, um, in various ways, cooked, raw, juice, you know, whole whole food. Um, Adding more of that to your diet actually has a direct effect on your brain. Um, it, when you eat fresh fruits and vegetables, especially green vegetables, it actually increases the neurotransmitters that we need in order to feel joyful, happy, in order to get better sleep at night. So it increases the serotonin, um, for one thing. Um, It gives us more energy. And when you're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, um, you don't have a lot of room left over to eat things that might not be so good for you, like processed foods and um, sugary food and um, simple carbohydrates like white flour and white rice. Those, those things tend to cause us, those foods tend to cause us to run out of energy really quickly because we have a spike in our blood sugar. Our body processes that food really quickly and um, with a very um, a high spike of, of, of a glycemic push that goes into our bloodstream and into our muscles so we feel energized for a little while and then we have a crash. And when we have a crash, it affects our energy level, our mood, our ability to think clearly, our sharpness of thought. So so eating a more balanced diet is really important. And what I discovered, because I'm mostly vegan, is that for breakfast and lunch, I really wasn't getting a lot of protein. So I found ways to supplement it with plant-based protein. And I actually, you know, now I drink a really healthy protein drink that has um, plant-based protein in it and it has a lot of nutrients in it. In addition to my green drink and seeds, I eat a lot of, I use a lot of chia seeds. Um, So, and I found that that gives me more energy. I also, I wrote a chapter in the book and I've written a blog about it, about coffee. And I, and I, and I have admitted that I absolutely love coffee. I really enjoy the whole process of making coffee, drinking coffee, the taste of it, the whole, it's like a ceremonial act for me. 
It's a ritual. Um, but I was drinking way too much coffee. And honestly, when I was drinking that much coffee, I wasn't enjoying it as much anymore. I sort of lost its, um, its specialness that I was drinking so much of it. And it was, um, again, it, it, it gives you a boost and then you have a crash. So it was wearing me out and it was wearing out my adrenal system. So I have decreased, I've eliminated it, but I have significantly decreased the coffee so that I have the one cup in the morning that I just savor because it's my one cup of the day and I actually really enjoy it and I don't miss it the rest of the day. So um, as I wrote about in that chapter, overdoing coffee, even if there are, even if you, there are some benefits to coffee that overdoing it um, takes away all the benefits and um, there are a lot of negatives to it. And some people really shouldn't have any coffee. So, you know, we'll see right now I have one cup and if it turns out that it starts, that starts to be a problem, then I'll work at eliminating that because um, there are various reasons why, um, someone shouldn't drink any coffee, um, especially if you have a tendency to have a lot of anxiety. Coffee stimulates, triggers anxiety. So um, while it can be beneficial in some respects, it can also um, work against you. So that was another thing that I did that you might want to take a look at. And then the big thing the big change as well, I was working out at the gym three days a week, every other day, um, doing weight training and walking on the treadmill, and I felt pretty good about that. But if you look at my lifestyle, which is pretty similar, I think, to the lifestyle of most Americans, um, I have a pretty sedentary lifestyle. I mean, my job, um, I'm sitting in a chair listening to my clients speak. Um, when I write, I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm sitting somewhere with my computer in front of me. Um, when I'm on this radio program, I'm not jogging around the room. I'm sitting here um, so that I could really focus on the show and what people are, what my guests are saying, what I'm saying. So the days in between when I wasn't uh, going to the gym, I was pretty much just sitting all day. So I decided I needed to really step it up. So I have made time, and I think it's really um, an important thing to make time for, um, for exercising in between. So I'm not going to go back to the gym and, and, and do weights in between because you need to give your muscles 48 hours to recover after lifting weights. Um, so instead, on days where it's not too hot here in Texas, I will go for a, a brisk walk for about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and when it is hot, I have gotten out all my old uh, yoga DVDs of uh, Raviana. They Ravi Singh was on the program twice, and they have a section in the book as well. My interview with Ravi talking about the benefits of kundalini yoga and um, you could do whatever 
you want to do. And there are many different types of yoga if you choose to do yoga. But I, I like kundalini yoga. I'm not telling people that that's what they should do. I'm telling you what I do. And they have, I pulled out all my old DVDs and started going through the ones that I remembered that I liked. And so the days that I'm not going to the gym, I'm either walking or I'm doing uh, doing about an hour or an hour and 15 minutes of yoga. And um, some of the yoga is just stretching and relaxing. And some of it is actually pretty um, strenuous. There's a lot of movement and, and, uh, and you actually work up a sweat. So um, I've discovered since I started doing this, that I now have more energy. So, yes, it takes more time, and here's just another thing to do to add to all the things in your day that you're doing, but I actually um, have more energy and I'm more efficient at doing the other things that I need to do. So, um, you know, I have a lot of paperwork for my job of doing evaluations and I'm more efficient at doing that paperwork and I my I'm much more efficient at writing as well because it has stimulated the creativity so I have uh, my brain works better I'm more creative and I just feel good it's actually re-motivated me to um, to get back on the path of passion and and what I what I have discovered is that when I'm taking care of myself, whether I'm taking care of my body through exercise and eating right, taking care uh, or taking care of my mind by meditating and getting out in nature and re- doing some sort of relaxation, having social interactions, making time to see friends, um, very important. Um, not, I haven't done it as much as I'd like to, and I'm looking to increase that as well. Um, and also letting go of things that are causing me stress. When I do that, when I focus on taking care of myself, then I actually start to remember that I'm worth taking care of and that I deserve to follow my passion, and I have more passion. I have more creativity, and I feel like I, am, I have a renewed passion and a renewed desire to help other people. So that's the other part of it, that we can't help other people until we help ourselves, as I said about caregivers, but in general, helping the world creating a kinder place for all of us to live. Um, We can't do that unless we're taking care of ourselves. And when we take care of ourselves, there's that renewed desire to take care of other people and to be the change, as they say. So I, I recommend for all of you listening to take a, a look and reassess if you're having any difficulty staying on the path, staying um, on this journey of living the passionate life, to look at what are you eating? 
Are you getting enough exercise? Are you getting enough sleep, which is the glue that holds it all together? Are you eliminating activities during the day that no longer serve you but are causing stress? Um, Are you eliminating getting involved in toxic situations with other people? And um, are you giving yourself permission to take care of yourself? So these are really important questions to ask yourself. And I think that, that they really are the key to getting back towards living a passionate life if you've been knocked off the path and staying on the path um, and having the least amount of obstacles. We'll all have obstacles. It's a given that there will be times that that life will throw us a curveball. We cannot help that. It's just a given of being a human being on this earth. But the goal is to get yourself back up on the path, to stay on the path as much as you can, feeling joyful as you go. Because that's the ultimate goal is, is having joy in the journey. And um, as my grandmother used to say to me, um, health is everything. If you don't have your health, then you don't have very much else. So we really, really need to take care of our health. Um, And that will help to bring us joy. So on that note, uh, joyfulness, we're going to play some of the music of our next guest who will be coming up very shortly, um, coming talking to us from New York City, the jazz saxophonist Paula Atherton. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240.
Somehow your touch has just grown cold. The father once raised inside my soul has turned embers red and gold. right now from New York City. Welcome, Paula. Welcome back. Hey, Mary. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah. How are things in New York? Uh, Everything is great. Uh, Been, like, super busy. I actually got to play in Spain last month in April. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Where where did you play? In uh, Maria Guerrero Theater in Madrid. Very nice. Yeah, it was a beautiful, nice. uh, beautiful old theater with all like red velvet seats and a really ornate ceiling. And uh, it was a jazz festival, three day jazz festival. So I got to perform. Wow. I played my own show. I played with Roberto Tola on his show. I did a jam session and uh, I did two radio interviews when I was there with uh, interpreters. <laughs> wow. How fun. That's oh, man, great. It was, you know what? They treated me like royalty. 
Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Wow. So, yeah, so now you're traveling around the world. Uh, I I really want to start going to Europe. I'm I'm working on my Spanish for my next trip to Spain. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Try to brush up on that, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Has everything been with you? All right. Very busy here too. Very hot I'd... here already. <laughs> oh yeah. There, How hot is it? It's in the nineties. It's already summer. Wow. So, yep, yep. So are you playing a lot around the U.S. these days? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some local uh, <clears throat> jazz gigs in New York. And uh, let's see, June 21st, I'm going to be at Loft and Cellar in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And... Uh, I'm going back to Shays Lounge in Columbia, South Carolina the following day. And then um, in July, I'll be at the Brass City Jazz Festival in Waterbury, Connecticut on July 6th. And Jacksonville Beach Jazz Festival in Florida on the 7th. And then on July 13th, I'll be at the Potomac uh, Jazz and Seafood Festival in uh, Colton's Point, Maryland. I'm going to be playing with uh, Brian Simpson on that show. And I'm playing the Grand Rapids Jazz Festival in uh, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan on August 17th. And um, I don't want to just keep babbling here, but... <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like you're really you're really busy hitting all the jazz festivals for the summer. That's great. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, Summer's a busy time, and I'm working on... Yeah. Um, a new record for next year. Okay. All right. Now is it's about the, that now time. the song that <laughs> the song that we just played was that from the new record or is that from a a, a past record? It's from record? Uh, I, yeah, I guess you could say my current release, Shake It, the last the last one that I released uh last year. Okay. It's from it's okay. from that. Yeah. Mhm. Can you tell us about that song? That we just played? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, you probably got the gist of it. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, it kind of tells a story about a relationship that, as as many do, start out great and then uh, go somewhere else. Not so great. So, um, right. yeah, it's a real, like, old school uh, R&B, blues-influenced tune. Um I co-wrote it with my husband Lou, and uh, we we had a nice horn section on there. I played alto, and I actually played baritone sax on there. Mhm. And um, Cindy Bradley played trumpet on it. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So. Great. Now, I, are the two of you playing together a lot these days, you and Cindy? We don't really have a lot of dates together. I, I wish that would change. Um, I wish someone would uh, book a little tour for us. <laughs> uh-huh. it's, uh, it's always great fun when we get to play together. And uh, just, you know, we try to get together and have dinner whenever we can. 
Um, but right. she and her husband David, are, they're both like crazy busy. Um, so mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we don't have a, we don't have really dates coming up. We talk about it, but um, hopefully, hopefully that'll change. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fun to see two women, you know, the playing the sax and the and the horn Trumpet. together. The trumpet, yeah, together. Yeah, um, there aren't too many women, and that's what the problem is. Unfortunately, it's still kind of like a novelty, you know. Mhm, mhm. And it shouldn't be so. I mean, on the uh, festival I just did in Madrid, I was the only female on the bill. Wow, and it was a, wow. a three-day festival. Yeah. So this magazine from Madrid called Womenalia did a story on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, women were coming up to me after after my show, thanking me for representing women and telling me that I was a role model for them. I was like, whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, I That's know. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It yeah. Was, uh, it was an honor, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it was. That is an honor. We need you. Yeah, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just the whole lifestyle there is, is just so great. You know, I prefer mm-hmm. the way they eat. You know, tapas. You know, the little bits of things so instead of eating like a big giant meal, which I don't really do anyway. Uh, right. At one time, but having a taste of this and a taste of that, and you know, the afternoon siesta that they have in most countries mm-hmm. in Europe and. Just their whole way of life, it just makes so much more sense. It seems like they enjoy life so much more, you know? Right, right. Yep. I was just talking about that, taking care of yourself, and that's what brings joy when we take care of ourselves and decrease our stress and, you know, do what makes us feel good and passionate. Yeah, I mean, I found that, that, uh, you know, using my music for good in the world is what brings me joy. If I play a concert and, you know, people come up and they tell me that my music made them happy, that that gives me joy. Mm -hmm. And I I get to do some music therapy type work where I play, um, I I do some, I probably told you about this before, I do some music music. work for this company music that heals and i've played music for autistic kids and mm. cancer patients and people in hospice and uh people with alzheimer's and uh it's all different types of therapy with each group you know as far as right. what you can accomplish or what it means to them but what it means for all of them is that you can connect with them and and give them a minute of joy in the middle of whatever they're experiencing in their yeah. life. So that it's pretty powerful to be able to use it, music to do something like that. That is very powerful. That's that's great that you're doing that. Um, I've you know worked in I've worked in many different um, senior facilities, mostly mostly nursing homes, and music is just so powerful for for them and um you know the 
I've seen people get up and dance who can barely walk. Um, you know, it's really amazing. So, yeah, I mean, there's been studies that have shown that uh, the brain synapses start to, uh, you know, connect better or fire more, however it's explained, what, just from learning one song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the whole thing that happens yeah. with memory when when you're singing with them and they remember something that they used to know, you know, that's a whole other thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, we had a music therapist on the program, and, I, you know, I never knew that, but memory for music is stored in a different part of the brain than other memory. So even if somebody has had a decrease of memory or even being able to remember speech, um, they'll still remember music. And so when you play that music from, you know, when they were growing up, it actually reminds them of who they were and who they are. It's, so it's very that's powerful. powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're working with somebody that had a stroke and that's one side of the brain, you can teach them to speak again by teaching them to sing because it's controlled by the other side of the brain. Right. Right. Yeah, that's so great. I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. I think it's really a, a great thing. Um, but let's let's play another one of your songs. Okay. <laughs> let's play some of your Why music not? for our listeners to heal them. So we have a song here, um, Into the Night. Um, can you tell us about that before we play it? Yeah, um, it's the third single off Shake It. Uh, it uh, it made it to Billboard. Uh, it was in the top thirty for a few weeks, and uh, it's just a real kind of like vibey song. Um, I think that the uh, title is kind of appropriate, and maybe the listeners will agree. Uh, you know, once they listen to it. Okay. All right. So we're going to play a little of that and um, stay on the line because we'll talk for a little more after the song. Okay. Okay. All right.
All right. Paula Atherton, Into the Night. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The fun yeah. tune to play Enjoying live. It. Thank you. Was that live? No, no. That that was a studio recording. But, um, oh, okay. Uh, I've been playing it live on, on a lot of my uh, shows, mm. and it's, mm-hmm. it's a fun tune to play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. <laughs> I was enjoying that. It's very uh, almost meditative in a in a way. So, well, that's so good. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it is a good thing. So, 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 how many CDs do you have out now? At this point, uh, I have five, mm-hmm. and uh, this this will be number six. Um, All right. Going to be released and, and next when, year. When next year? Okay. Yeah, we're going right. to the first single in January, probably. Okay. All right. So January twenty twenty. Yeah. Start mm-hmm. the start twenty twenty off right. <laughs> yeah. I try to anyway. Yes. <laughs> so. So, Paula, if people are interested in finding out where you're playing um, or, and or um, buying some of your music, buying your CDs or downloading your music, how can they do that? Um, well, I'm on Facebook. Um, if they want to follow me, I'm on Instagram, at, uh, Paula Atherton Music, Twitter, uh I'm at uh, Patherton One. Um, if they want to buy my music, they could go to Amazon or iTunes or anywhere they buy music. Pretty much should be able to get it. And uh, I think that's about it. Okay. My okay. website. Do you have a cal- website has my uh, calendar on it. Okay. And that's which Paula is, uh, Atherton. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. Com. So I'm going to post yeah. all of those places where people can find you and your music on my website, on my post about this program. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So before we go off the air, we're going to play the last song that you sent. Um, after I tell everybody what's coming up next week. So um, why don't you tell us about it first? Um, It's called Say Goodbye. Oh, I didn't realize you were going to play three songs. Um, Okay, so uh, Say Goodbye is, it's kind of like the opposite of what you would think. It's not not a sad thing. It's, um, It's about saying goodbye to things that, that uh, hold you back and and maybe uh keep you from being happy and joyous um mm. and just uh you know embracing the things that uh that that make you happy the things that you love that's great that fits right in with my whole topic of discussion today <laughs> so. you see that we're on the same yep. plane here we're on the same page. Great. That's right. So we're going to play that, as I said, as we go off the air. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming back onto the program, and um, good luck with all of the the shows that you're doing and getting your CD out. And um, I look forward to hearing 
more of your music and, and speaking with you again. Well, thank you so much. You're always so gracious having me on and playing my, my music and supporting it. And uh, I hope to get out your way and uh, maybe see you again. Maybe, I don't know if that's going to happen this year, but uh, maybe next year. Yeah, that would be great. Um, and I, I, it looks like I'm going to be up in New York for about a month in August. So I don't know if you're around New York. It sounds like you're traveling a little bit at that time. But uh, I'm going to be you're... home some of the month. I'm going to be home some of the month. So if you're here for a month, I'll definitely see you. Okay. All right. So I will definitely make a note to, to contact you, find out where you are, what you're doing. <laughs> that would be great. All right. All right. Well, you have a very good evening and um, and happy Memorial Day weekend to you. And the same to you. You have a great rest of the weekend, and I look forward right. to the next one. Thank you. Yes. All right. You take care now. Bye-bye. Okay. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. All right. So we've come to the end of another show, and before Art knocks me off the air, uh, let me tell you what's, hap- what's coming up. Uh, next Sunday, June the 2nd, we'll be back with another live show and celebrating an early birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. And Quentin Venny will be back to join us. And he's now vice president of, Yo- of the Yoga Alliance Foundation. He's a mental health and social impact speaker and author of the book, Strong in the Broken Places, a memoir of addiction and redemption through wellness. And he'll join us from New York City. And we'll have a lot more next week. We always do. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this program, get all of the website links and contact information that my guests spoke about. Um, That will be posted along with the podcast of the show later this evening on my website, drmaricarpel.com. And you can also hear this program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And you can also find out about my upcoming interview. I will be interviewed on Wednesday on my Facebook page and all of the upcoming events. Um, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. My blog will also be published this week, so you can take a look there for that. And this evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald Devere, and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Jim Denning, Paula Atherton, and of course, thank you to Art, and thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone.
guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. 